Sober Gratitudes podcast is proud to come together and partner with Valor Fitness Clothing in our mutual mission to support and encourage their recovering community. Based in Los Angeles and inspired by real recovery, Valor Fitness lives up to its mission. With one item sold, Valor Fitness donates one item to a homeless shelter or transitional rehab facility. Because Valor Fitness Clothing supports Sober Gratitude's mission, every guest on my podcast will be graciously given a gift certificate from Valor. We are stronger together when we come together. Letting go of what I can't control and accepting things for how they are and then responding to how they are with love. It's like, it's like this equation that just makes sense to me now. you may have a problem with your alcohol consumption or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting and want to know what all the sober hype is about? Whatever the reason, I'm so grateful you're here with me today. My name is Sarah, and I am the creator and host of Sober Gratitudes. I once was an active alcoholic, and after decades of failed attempts to control my drinking, I finally reached out for help. Letting others help me is why I'm here today living a life I never thought possible. The suffering of my past was the catalyst I needed to find recovery and be receptive to healing. I created this podcast out of the desire to recover out loud and, with the help of my guests, show you how a better life is possible after addiction. Whether you have been here before or you are a first-time listener, I would be so grateful if you would take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts so that it can reach more people who may be struggling. Together, we can help those in need. You can also reach me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com with any questions or comments. Thank you again for dropping in today, and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Sober Gratitudes is a podcast dedicated to spreading the hope in recovery from addiction. It is an inclusive show that does not promote or represent any recovery program. When my guests and I discuss what keeps us sober, we are referring to our own unique experiences. Our goal is to encourage and give hope to those who are struggling and need support. Sober Gratitude's podcast is proud to come together and partner with Valor Fitness Clothing in our mutual mission to support and encourage the recovering community. Based in Los Angeles and inspired by real recovery, Valor Fitness lives up to its mission. With one item sold, Valor Fitness donates one item to a homeless shelter or transitional rehab facility. Because Valor Fitness Clothing supports Sober Gratitude's mission, everyone can receive a discount when shopping. Use the code GRATITUDE20 at checkout. Also, every guest on my podcast will be graciously given a gift certificate from Valor. We're stronger together when we come together. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I'm so happy you're back for another episode on my podcast. I have to be honest, um, this episode has <laughs> been quite um, difficult to get out. I'm not sure why. 
I've hit so many roadblocks. I won't go into the details, but I started trying to get it out on Friday and I just, I just lost the episode. The computer swallowed it up. I don't know where it went. And, um, I feel like I'm, I'm like in a huge competition with, um, my laptop to get this episode out. And I'm wondering, is this not supposed to be a podcast episode? I don't know. So here I am. This is like, I don't even want to tell you how many times I've tried. I'm at the point now where it's like, I've got to give my will over. (laughs) I'm so willful about it. I just think it's an important topic. And I've talked about it before recently. It was um, an episode that focused on the question of did my children's diagnosis with autism cause me to become an alcoholic? And the short answer is no. If you want to hear the whole episode, um, just rewind a few back and you'll, you'll see it. And so this one, um, I kind of flipped the title a bit because after I did the last one, it just made me think a lot about the other way around. And then I thought about not just parents of special needs kids, but parents in general who are in recovery and maybe had a lifetime of drinking and they got sober, whatever, whatever the case may be. I just thought about parenting in general and, um, but I'll just start with what my main focus was initially, which is did my drinking alcoholically cause my children's autism? So again, for this question, I can confidently say that I do not believe that that's the case. And I believe that for a number of reasons. One in particular that I just, I don't do a lot of Googling and looking up medical stuff because it does um, end up going to extremes. I think it's like Murphy's law, you know, Oh, I stubbed my toe. I have cancer. Um, so, yeah. So, so, but for this, this case, for this episode, actually, I'm like, let me just check up what WebMD and see what, what the story is. <laughs> and, and the short of the long of it is the, the, it says that the exact reason why autism happens is not clear. I'll say it again. The exact reason why autism happens is not clear. And I totally agree with that from my own personal experience and just knowing a lot of families with children on the spectrum and meeting a lot of humans who have that diagnosis. Um, 
just as we all are, autistic people are as unique as their own fingerprints. And I believe that how autism happened in their bodies, in their minds, happened as uniquely as the next person with autism. So I think there's still so much research that needs to be done. And who knows if we'll ever figure out, you know, exactly what it is. But I don't even know if there's ever going to be a reason. It just, I, I have some pretty, um, um, what's the word? I Maybe radical thinking in terms of why autism is happening. Um, I hesitate to say it, but whatever, what, I don't know. I, to, in, in my personal opinion, I feel like autism is here as a part of just human evolution. That's all I'll say about that. But, you know, there was a time where I felt that their autism was my fault, <laughs> which anyone who is acutely aware of alcoholism and um, and also aware of just human thinking, like spiritually unfit human thinking. When it comes to parenting, I think so sometimes we as parents blame ourselves for everything that our children are struggling with. And um, that's what I did for quite some time which now I see as being, you know, very, you know, self-centered thinking, you know, and, and getting sober and doing the 12 steps in the program of recovery that I use helped me to become more other-centered and helped me to kind of get over myself and just focus on my kids for who they are and not try to like fix them, quote unquote, fix them. Um, that was like, just as a, an aside, um, when my middle son was first diagnosed, it was during like autism speaks being like a huge, and some of you are probably like, ah, hearing that. Don't hang up, don't stop listening. Cause I have, I'm not going to talk about autism speaks for very long, but you know, autism speaks has a very, um, you know, a lot of people have different opinions about the the agenda it has um and it was created basically because a grandparent felt that his son or daughter was cursed with a child with severe autism and when i say severe i'm saying that you know they this particular autistic human needed support um a lot of support to function on a day-to-day -day basis. And so this particular person felt like it was like a curse that, you know, we're going to create, this guy had a lot of money and he um, put it all into, well, I don't know, he put a lot of it, who knows, I don't know the exact amount, but essentially wanting to try to put research to the test and find out how they can fix their grandson. And ultimately, every family that's quote unquote cursed 
with autism. And I don't, I don't subscribe to that thinking. And I think since about 2015, Autism Speaks has changed their mission to be um, more that of, you know, research to understanding autism. Um, so I focus on understanding my own children. That's all I can do. I can't understand anyone else. It's just, just too much for me. So, yeah, so I, for a long time, felt it was, I did something. I, I felt like, you know, while I was still drinking, that, you know, I was still an active alcoholic when um, both my second and third son were diagnosed with autism, you know, like two or three years apart. And um, that was, that took up a lot of space in my head. And I, I had a lot of self-pity about that. And um, it was, you know, I felt that I was somewhat sitting on an island by myself trying to figure out how to help them and really just completely overwhelmed and afraid. Like I don't have the coping skills that, I didn't have the coping skills back then like I do today. And so I'm just grateful I had enough to get them to a place, you know, where they could get special um, needs support and therapies. Um, but I, um, inside my home, I was, um, I was a mess. You know, I was drinking to cope with it. I didn't want to look into why I was feeling that way. I just drank. I just drank. And um, I drank until it, I just had nothing left in me. Just completely defeated, deflated. And fortunately, that was um, when my youngest son had um how old was he it's funny how i forget exactly the age he was four and so when i got sober and i started to do the work my children were young you know my oldest who's neurotypical he was like eight at the time or he just turned eight yeah, he just turned eight. And um, so I had three under the age of eight when I got sober. And my mind cleared up a lot. My head cleared up. It was very foggy and cobwebby. And I was just, I was like riding high on a pink cloud. But then I realized that I had, a, I had a lot of work to do in sobriety. So I was growing up in my program of recovery while my children were growing up. So it was it was helpful because I didn't have alcohol as a huge blockade between me and my children. Because quite frankly, anything that got in the way of me and my alcohol, I had a resentment towards. And so um, I'm really grateful that I don't feel that way anymore. You know, I, there's nothing that comes in between me and my children. You know, there's, Love just goes from my heart to theirs. 
no blockades. Focus, being present. Um, I may have overdone it a bit in the beginning out of guilt, you know, for see, I was able to kind of see what damage I had done. So um, today, you know, my, my sons are teenagers and, and they are who they are. And because I, I surrendered to my disease of alcoholism, something that I could not control. It's not, I, I could not ever just have one drink. I mean, it was the thought, I mean, to drink means to get drunk. You know, that, that's what it meant for me. So the fact that I don't have that obsession to drink today is, is a miracle. It truly is a miracle. And the more I got sober, the, the, the more work I did on, on my thinking, you know, once I, the obsession to drink was lifted, you know, I could really work on my character defects, those human character defects that come with every human, regardless of the fact if they have a drinking problem or drug problem. And I have followed my heart. I've become, you know, much more in touch with who I am and I accept myself for who I am. And subsequently I can model that for my children. So I guess I just want to stress that whether or not our children have a diagnosis of autism or, or if they're struggling with something, it's, I know it can, I know the default can often go to what have I done wrong, you know, and really bring it back to ourselves. It's like, it's our fault. It's my fault. It's my fault that they're struggling. And I have to say that no, no, my children have that diagnosis of autism, um, which is just a part of who they are. And I didn't, it's, it's not my fault. It's not my husband's fault. It's not my fault. It's not, it's nobody's fault. It's just how they were born. And I've, because of the work I did in my program of recovery, I was able to learn how to accept who they are and help them and be confident about advocating for them and teach them how to self-advocate. And stop wishing that my life looked differently because that, that was a big piece of it as well. Is that, 
you know, I wanted the stage of my life to look a certain way. And I was in constant like battle between that and reality. And until like, until I could accept my, my alcoholism, I could not recover. It's like the same thing with, with the circumstances of my life until I was able to accept the circumstances of my life. I could not just live more peacefully and be more present with my children and focus on just them and that who they are is who they are and they're separate from me. And so it, it, it took away a lot of, like it allowed for more space in my head to essentially like change, have my thinking change. Um, I wasn't, you know, I got to a place where I wasn't like suffering in self-pity and fear all the time, which really does block me from my higher power. And when I'm blocked from my higher power, I am living in self-will and trying to control everything to look like I want it to look. So um, I, it's quite simple. I mean, for me, I had to, I had to get my shit in order. <laughs> I had to resolve a lot of shit that I had held on to for a long time that had nothing to do with my children, but was blocking me from being a good pa- the parent that I wanted to be. I had to let go of it. And it was a process. It was, it took some time, but it got better. Putting down the drink and learning how to love myself and forgive myself helped me to eradicate old narratives. Narratives that, you know, poor self-worth, self-loathing, full self-pity, blame. It helped to um, unblock me from focusing on what is most important. So if you're struggling Like I, I once struggled, like really struggled. I just want to say that there is a solution for that as well. Just as there's a solution to be relieved of the, of the obsession to drink, there is a solution to changing the way we think and how we feel about ourselves and it's just really simple when i eliminate regrets of my past and reconcile them and throw them away like trash and i quit fearing the future like even like tomorrow 
and I just live in this very moment, I have a lot of space in my head. Like it's filled with a brain that, that I'm no genius, but I'm not an idiot either. But it, it frees up space in my head to make decisions that are not based out of regret or fear. So life subsequently is just a lot easier. And I'll, I'll give a quick, quick example before I wrap this up. I actually had been recording this episode this morning and something happened with one of my kids at school. And um, so I had to stop the recording, which is fine. And I needed to pick him up from school. It was nothing serious. But I kept thinking, I'm like, you know, isn't it interesting that this, this situation with one of my sons happened in the midst of me talking about this exact issue? And I was driving home with him in the car and reinforcing how proud I was of him, of listening to his his gut, trusting his gut and reaching out for help. And, and he's okay. But I was thinking, I'm like, you know, if this was even like a year ago or longer, like, you know, I, and like five years ago, when anything happened with my kids at school, anything, and there was some serious shit that went down. And there was some other stuff that went down that the way I responded to it was just so fear-based. And um, I, it ruined my day. And I, this is me living a sober life. And, you know, I, I, so today I was like, it's, it's so, it's so interesting that it's a miracle (laughs) that I can respond to something that happens in life, not out of fear, but to go into it with love and faith, thinking about how my how my son must be feeling and how I want to show up for him. This has been my experience. I do not claim to be a perfect parent by any means. Most of us, I don't think, claim to be perfect parents. But I'm always, always so dedicated to keeping my heart open and remaining teachable when it comes to both my sobriety and parenting and being in relationships. And as long as I'm 
other-centered, not self-centered, thinking about what I can give to a relationship what, instead of what I can take from a relationship, what I can offer in love rather than fear that sometimes just listening is the solution. Sometimes just hugging my child or a friend or my mom, anyone who's needing love and support. So this is the journey that I'm on right now. And, um, and I'm, I'm grateful that I get this opportunity to share it with you with my voice because I want you to hear the compassion I have about parenting, about sobriety, about parenting children with special needs, about parenting in general, and also getting sober. Just like, I feel I'm very, very passionate about these issues in life or just circumstances of life, realities of life. I spent a lot of time frightened and unsure And I searched endlessly for comfort. And I remember, you know, during difficult times, before sobriety and even during and during sobriety, I remember feeling like I just want, I just want somebody to tell me it's going to be okay. I just need to hear it. And I just need to hear it from someone who's gone through the process of being relieved of the obsession to drink and then doing some important healing work. I needed to know, I needed to hear that hope. And that's why, that's why I did this podcast. I think because it's something that I always wanted for myself, kind of like a crystal ball, you know, for both the alcoholism, recovery, autism, being a mom, a parent while I'm getting sober. And so I want to do that for you if you need it. And all I can do is share what I have gone through in sobriety and how I got to where I am today. And I, I hope that it offers you hope. Everything's going to be okay. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Know that if you have a bad day, it's just 
it's just a bad day. But if you get to the end of the day and you haven't picked up, then it's a really incredible day. So I love you all and thank you so much for supporting this podcast and for supporting my mission here. I feel like you're a part of this fellowship. I appreciate all of you so much. And I'm always here ready to receive any feedback through my Instagram account or you can email pers- me personally at sobergratitudes at gmail.com or find me on my website, sobergratitudes.com. I'm on TikTok too, which I'm not sure I'm going <laughs> to keep. Um, it can be distracting <laughs> to say the least. But anyway, it is funny. There are some funny things on there. I hope you all have had a great day. It's the end of the day for me. Or if it's the morning, I hope you have a great day. And if it's the middle of the day, I hope you've been having a great day. And remember, you can always start your day over again. So until next time, be well, take care. Bye.